Welcome! Welcome, lovely listeners, to another episode of the Soccer Capital Podcast. I'm your returning host, Mike Turner. Uh, Rumors of my demise were slightly exaggerated. Also joining me in our studios in southern Illinois is our producer, Mason. And from somewhere in the wilds of West St. Louis County is Sean Campbell. How are you guys doing this week? Well, much better than we were last week. <laughs> Definitely so. I, I have a voice again. I woke up on Monday morning and could not speak, and now I can, so you get to listen to my very annoying voice yet again. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, sorry we couldn't make a show last week, but uh, I was still convalescing from my stay in the hospital, and Sean didn't have a voice, so we decided to scrub the whole week rather than... yeah. Uh, you know, put out something less than optimal, even though we're generally suboptimal to begin with. <laughs> less than less than optimal. But yeah, I was I was the best one off and I was still under the weather. So it was like, you know, I don't feel like monologuing at uh, at this crowd. <laughs> I think we'll just take a break <laughs> and all feel better. We've got kind of a big show coming up. Uh, we got a lot of uh, St. Louis City news along with the Academy City 2 MLS and... Uh, CONCACAF Champions League. But first, I want to take a moment to really uh, give a big thank you to Mason and Sean for carrying the load while I was out. Had a few questions on Twitter about it. Uh, In late March, I had to go in the hospital. I suffer from heart disease. I had a flare-up of congestive heart failure. And then while in the hospital, uh, due to a bad IV, I developed uh, an infection that became septic and also a a blood clot in my clavicle vein. So I was in the hospital for like 10 days, still recovering, probably running at about 70%, but I'm happy to be back with everyone. I don't know how happy you all are, but I hope you're happy as well. Everybody just be happy. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm uh, I'm happy I don't have to, to host the show anymore. It made me pretty nervous. <laughs> I don't know how you do it all the time. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> but, uh, Enough about us. The real news is about the club. And uh, St. Louis City SC had a big announcement uh, today. We're recording, as usual, on Tuesday afternoon. And uh, today they announced that on May 18th, they're going to start giving away the season tickets for the general admission seats, which will be the big bulk of the stadium there. Uh, People will be first come, first serve amongst those that have already put in their deposit. Uh, will include either an in-person or virtual stadium tour. We didn't get that as a supporter ticket, did we? (laughs) No, Uh, but I think it's like, well, yeah, you know where you are. (laughs) Yeah, look for the vertical wall. Uh, Deposit holders, if you're an unfortunate one that was late, if you put in your deposit, but you're unable to select seats, you can either opt out for a full refund, the $50 uh, deposit there, or be placed on a waiting list, um, which I'd probably do because I got a feeling that waiting list is going to end up being very, very long very soon. They also announced a low or no cost group ticket program called STL Made for Soccer for youth sports clubs, nonprofits, etc. There'll be more details about that to come. When? Well, that'll be to come as well. <laughs> Yeah, but that um yeah, that announcement came out earlier this morning as I was putting together the notes. So, 
Um, yeah, not a whole lot is a lot known about that STL made in soccer um, program. It's just for yeah, like local small businesses, nonprofits, sports clubs. Yeah. Um, and it's um, you can take like you know your kids, um, like you know soccer group to the to a game yeah. for pretty cheap or generally something like part that. of their community outreach uh, PR mm-hmm. program. Probably a limited amount of seats per week, but uh, you know you fill out the form, write your little essay about why you should go, and I'm speculating purely on that, but it sounds like something that would come. But still, yeah. it's nice. It's part of the community outreach, and uh, the city's done a very good job with community outreach in most cases. Mm-hmm. And then with the stadium tours, my understanding is that um, it'll be, yeah, either in person if you can get to the stadium or probably over Zoom or something like that if you can't. And that's mostly so that you can get an idea for what section you're in, what the sight lines will be, and then you can reserve those seats, um, whichever ones you prefer. Sounds good. Since they already have the technology up for that on the app, set up for being able to stand around the stadium, do the AR experience there, that makes sense. Kind of had a feeling that the season tickets were coming soon because uh, last week they started putting up pictures that they're starting to install the actual seats themselves into the stadium. Uh, First big sign that things are coming, that uh, starting to come together and that this is real. Uh, If the big building down there isn't the one to make you think that and the fact they got colors and (laughs) we got an academy and a MLS Next Pro team, if that wasn't enough, seats in the stadium's a big deal. Maybe even bigger than that. You're not taken seriously unless you got somebody to take care of the grass. And now St. Louis City SC has that. They named award-winning groundskeeper Josh McPherson as director of Stadium Grounds. He won the Founders Award from the Groundskeeper Association recently, and he has spent the last 12 years with the University of Missouri. So he's well acclimated to the rigors of growing a fine uh, lawn of grass in the particular weather of uh, Missouri uh, with uh, cold winters and very hot summers, either no rain or way too much rain, those things that go into that, that's a big deal and uh, getting that up and running. Uh, maybe we can go at the end of the year and see City 2 play at the big at the big field, the big house as it would, in the pit yeah. <laughs> uh, at, uh, somewhere in September. Yeah, but yeah, he's uh he's the lawnmower's boss. <laughs> yes. Carl from Caddyshack answers to him. <laughs> but it's a uh, big news. Things are really hopping along now. And uh in MLS, Nashville's currently on, I believe, an eleven game road trip as they try to put the finishing touches on their soccer specific stadium. Austin had the long road trip last year trying to finish up. Uh the city won't have to deal with that in the brand spanking new stadium day one to begin with. So big news really took the advantage of the opportunity of delaying a year uh, with the pandemic and have made the most of that. Made it antsy to add another year waiting for the club to come on. But what they've done with um, starting to fill up the roster, developing the academy, the uh, lower division league. Uh, community outreach, getting the stadium set up. They've really taken advantage of a unique opportunity and have uh, opened eyes about the possibilities of St. Louis City 
as an MLS franchise with the league and other interested observers outside of the league, like ourselves. <laughs> other big news coming from the club is the uh, aforementioned Academy. Uh, it was a big deal this uh, past week or so as uh, the U-17s took part in the Generation Adidas Cup that MLS sets up, a big tournament in Texas. It's actually a big deal on a worldwide stage. Clubs come from all over the world and big clubs. Uh, Manchester City was there. There was teams from Serie A, from Brazil, from Argentina. La Liga, uh, Liga MX is always there. There's been Liga, uh, La Liga from Spain have been in this tournament. And they come out, some of the biggest clubs in the world bring their academies to this tournament just to, you know, get the outside international competition. Also a chance for them to scout American talent as well. And they've gotten a lot of that recently as MLS academies have really grown in stature uh, in big ways, really coming onto the scene. Uh, this year, St. Louis City did pretty well. They were in a four-team group with uh, Tijuana, the Cholos from uh, Liga Emekis, also with uh, FC Dallas, vaunted FC Dallas, and the Columbus Crew Academy. First of all, the Academy kids were able to knock off Tijuana and get a win on that. They had a draw against Dallas and their Academy, uh, which they won the penalty shootout to gain an extra point there. Going into the last game of the group, they had a chance to win and advance. Unfortunately, they couldn't get past the Columbus crew. They didn't perform well enough to get a, a at-large a second place in the group, and they did not advance to the round of 16. What a shame. That would have been made big news if they could have done that in their first year, and they were close on that. Other big news, talking about the advent of MLS academies. One team that you don't necessarily think of as having a thriving academy is the Seattle Sounders because they're so full of, you know, people they bring in, DPs, TAM players, just other players they develop. But they've got a 16-year-old Obed Vargas that's played a big role, especially in CCL. Uh, they've got other players that we saw in the Tacoma De Defiance that have been playing with the uh, – Next Pro Team, uh, and they won the U-17's Generation Adidas Cup over everyone else that was there in the world for the second consecutive year. Unprecedented, especially for an MLS club. So not only is Seattle doing everything right, attracting free agents like Albert Rusnak, but they're also developing a top-notch academy and really setting the bar high. And... Uh, with St. Louis setting up their academy and actually performing pretty well in the, this uh, cup, it's a good bar to aim for in the way to develop your, your team, especially given some of the veterans that they're going to be bringing over from the Bundesliga that we know of so far. Yeah, but yeah, the, the Sounders Death Star keeps rolling. It just keeps rolling. And uh, considering that when they came in, they had more money than a lot of MLS teams, they don't enjoy that anymore. They're actually kind of middle of the pack. Uh, think of the Cardinals with a little smaller market, a little bit extra money, play above their weight. That's kind of where uh, uh, Seattle is in that. They just keep making smarter decisions. And now they've got the culture of winning, and it just keeps developing. And now they can get in low-cost talent from their academy as they're already bleeding in. It's just a way to sustain excellence. 
the academy is really the way to go. Not only can you generate more revenue if you sell on and uh, start getting that proof of concept in the world where you might actually make a lot of money if you develop a very big talent, but you can also really cut your costs and uh, maybe spend bigger on better players and unique uh, attacking or defensive positions uh, by sub supplementing it with very low cost hits against your salary cap from the academy. So wise decision there. And good news for St. Louis City Academy. The U16s just keep on a rolling. It's been a chilly spring, and they took advantage of that to travel up to Michigan. Don't know how the weather was there. But uh, over a couple of weeks, played against 2-1 uh, one, one over Shattuck State St. Mary's, which was the opening game of the academy that we went to, if I remember correctly. It was at the very least the first home game. And then they put up 12 goals in two games this past weekend. 7-1 win over Vardar and a 5-0 win over Michigan Wolves. U16's tearing it up in MLS next. Yeah. Uh, don't quote me on this because I forgot to check the standings, but I think that they are top of the table in the division. I believe that you are correct. Uh, they certainly have last I Last I looked, they high. were, and they've just kept rolling, so I would be very surprised if they weren't. Um. Yes, they very much are. They are uh, six and zero oh and zero. Oh. <laughs> oh, baby, that's that's what you like to see right there. <laughs> and that's three road games as well, just in the past two weeks. That's very impressive. Talk about a hot start. And uh, speaking of setting up for the big club, uh, we are MLS Next Pro Team City Two. Also, been impressive very early on this year. They've had a couple of games since we last spoke with you all, or spoke at you all, no matter how you look <laughs> at it. Uh, on April 10th, uh, there was a big win over the Tacoma Defiance, 4-3 at home. And I'm going to put the Sean Campbell on the spot here because he actually made it to that game. What's your report on that, Sean? Well, I have to start out by by saying it was a great time. There was a it was a great great time put on at the pregame tailgate by the Luligans. Really enjoyed that. Bought myself a scarf because when you go to a game, you got to get a scarf. It's just it's part of the ritual at this point. Um, was was very very wonderful to get to go and actually wear my new my new jersey. Props to Ryan for getting us those. Thanks, Ryan. I also brought a friend along and. Uh, Introduced him to a few of the few of the fellow supporters. Got him to enjoy his first ever in person soccer game. So that was a really fun time. Very loud, very raucous crowd. The chants, the cheering, very welcoming environment. You love to see it. Um, getting down to the nitty gritty. Uh, outside of a very early push from Tacoma, the, the team came back and really put a chokehold on the game and went up four one. And it it was just a when when you're in the stands and you see a performance like that, you can't help but just get into that into that vibe of just chanting and cheering and enjoying the moment while you're up and in, and enjoying the win. Um, they end up giving up two late goals, but outside of that, it like I said, they really had a chokehold on the game. The press is in full force. They're executing wonderfully. Everyone's coming together and playing their position well. They're filling in when someone just you know has to take a take a step up. They're filling in and. <clears throat> stepping in to fill that 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 empty space if that needs to happen um it's just a one it's wonderful to watch these guys in person and and see it really coming together 
Yeah, I, I did watch that on the stream off of the uh, MLS Next Pro website. And the press, especially early on until the very, very late stages of the game, really caused Tacoma a lot of issues. City 2 was really threatening offensively as well. Probably should have had more goals. Then they got tired or something happened. Tacoma, you know, they're the Seattle uh, affiliate in MLS Next Pro. They turned on the Jets at the end, made it a little nervy, but uh, City hung on to that one and was able to get the big win there uh, for their second win in MLS Next Pro. And then this past weekend, they took a little road trip over to Kansas, Lawrence, Kansas, to take on uh, Sporting Kansas City 2. I was unable to actually even watch the stream on this. Uh, Mason, you saw a little bit of the game. We didn't really get a chance on this one to watch much of it. Yeah, um, I had, uh, um, I turned it on after Akil Watts had scored, um, which he scored back-to-back games, um, and then, uh, yeah, Celio Pompeo had a goal and an assist in that, uh, game against Tacoma, and I think he, no, it was Ezra Armstrong assisted on Akil Watts, uh, goal in the SKC2 game, but, um, yeah, I turned it on for a little bit. Um, in the first half after that goal and, um, they still looked good. Um, the, uh, it was a lot of like midfield battling, but they were still very much pushing their press and, uh, trying to get that going. But, um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I wasn't able to tune back in for the second half, but it doesn't seem like we missed much aside from bad news. Yeah. <laughs> some bad news. <laughs> bad um, news is, um. Uh... Pretty excellent starting goalkeeper, Eric Walker, 19-year-old, was injured in the game, went down with a non-contact injury. That's always a bad thing to hear. Uh, Initial reports is possible Achilles tendon injury. Uh, Coach John Hackworth did say he's out for the foreseeable future. Haven't had an update on that that I can really pin down to pass along, but not good news. Guess we'll have to scrub, uh, start looking over in Europe for a keeper to bring in, though it may take a couple of months to get him in. Oh, wait, we did that. <laughs> uh, also, very late in the max, Max Schneider uh, got a red card with a scuffle at the end. So he'll be out for the next MLS Next Pro game, which will be against a uh, pretty tough uh, Minnesota United 2 MLS Next Pro team. That's on April 24th. But there's a game coming up before then, and we're going to go ahead and let Mason tell you all about it. Yeah, so tomorrow for us, today for you listening, is uh, the return of the King's Cup. Uh, St. Louis City 2 is heading down to Louisville to uh, take on Louisville City in the U.S. Open Cup. So, very excited for this. Love the King's Cup, and especially to see it in a matchup in the U.S. Open Cup, which is one of my favorite tournaments, is very exciting. So St. Louis City 2 beat Lou City in preseason, and we've been rolling. So let's see if we can take it to them in uh, in some actual competitive play. And then um, the St. Louisans have a uh, a bus heading down to, uh, to, to Louisville for the match. Um, I think that... Um, I think that that sale ends at noon 
Wednesday. So probably because they're going to have to leave early to get there. The game's at six thirty central. Yeah. So I think I saw noon. Um, tickets are on the website. If you're hearing this and you still have time, check there and see if you want to go. It's thirty dollars for the bus ride. Um, plus your plus the entry admission for the game. Um, and uh, if you can't make it, the stream is going to be on ESPN Plus. That's and, uh, where we're going to be watching it. <laughs> we were there for uh, the exciting, windblown victory over Louisville City. We won uh, twice. In we won twice. We won twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was quite the day. That's right. That was the we won twice game. <laughs> St. Luligans also posted on Twitter just before we started recording. This is actually going to be an official King's Cup match. So the winner will take the cup home with them this time. Mm-hmm. Need to tie on a little city red tag instead of the green tag for St. Louis City SC onto that uh, onto that trophy. Need to bring it home and do some renovations, so to speak. <laughs> well, then I guess it better come home with us. <laughs> yep, but I, I, I'm not. We're not going to be able to make the bus. Uh, I'm just not up to it. Uh, but we'll be watching on ESPN uh, Plus for sure. See if they can get past the third round into the fourth round. Make a cup run before we even have an MLS team. That would be exciting. It's what St. Louis deserves in the U.S. Open Cup. I think that pretty much anybody else got anything regarding uh, St. Louis City SC? I think that wraps up our team news for this show. Just about. And uh, it's about time to go ahead and take a look at MLS overall, since we're going to be playing in MLS. Need to find out about it. And for that... We're going to turn it over to Sean Campbell. All right. Let's just dive on into this last week slash two weeks of MLS. Uh, first big hit is Matias Almeida has been sacked as manager in San Jose. We've seen this as a bit of a long time coming. A um, couple of questions you have to ask is, why are they doing this now? A couple of games in the season. Why not wait until the off season or, you know, do it before this season started? Um but I think the f- the first thing you have to look at is the fact they brought in a lot of players, you know, with Obobasi coming in and a few others. Um, they gave him plenty of talent to work with, uh, see what he could do and if he could change anything in any significant fashion. And it just seems he couldn't do that this year. So the next question is, what what is this going to end up doing for the Earthquakes? Um, do you think maybe there's a possibility of them turning it on like the Whitecaps did last year after they brought in Sartini on an interim basis? No. Oh. Who can say? They got to get better. I mean, Almeida's <laughs> player choices, several lineup or choices were crazy. <laughs> I was going to say, that I, they, they can't get worse. <laughs> That's I mean, true. Mason and Nathan was their center back pairing when they were respectable for about 16 games last year. He's not playing them. He's sticking Jackson Ewell in as a cornerback, playing... Is is a center back playing his center backs as wing backs doing man to man, setting up in like six line defensive units. It's just been crazy. It's like he's forced John Fisher, the uh, rather poor owner, rich poor owner of uh, the earthquakes, into uh, forcing him out, which they should have done to give clarity to what the roster build is going to be without Almeida. For Chris Leach of the new GM there, I absolutely but agree. There has, Ibovici has been fantastic. He's the only one really playing well. Uh, they got Almeida, brought in a bunch of players of his choosing. Nobody's really performed. Uh, Chofis Lopez probably the best. He hasn't been that good, and 
I think his term of uh, his indentured servitude in San Jose is up in the middle of the season. So there's probably not going to be a lot of players left, uh, how that affects them this year. But they get to move forward, and they're just going to have to. Oh, yeah. And that first step, they took that by not just getting rid of Almeida, but they also got rid of a bunch of his assistant coaches, too. Um, they ended up bringing up their, uh, their coach from MLS next pro, I believe, or whoever their lower league club affiliate is and in Alex Covello, and he's going to serve as interim for this year. Uh, but an interesting development, Wando's back with the team. He's serving as an, as an assistant coach on staff now. So who knows? Maybe Wando to bring his touch. (laughs) A name from the old days, MLS, Steve Ralston is also on that new staff with uh, Covello as well. Covello, I guess, has been with the team for like 10 years, so an obvious choice to be the interim. Knows the uh, club and all that, so top to bottom, good choice. Any news on, bound to be rumors, but any rumors of who might be the permanent choice? The only one that I've really seen, um, I mean, barring Covello absolutely turning this team around, um, I heard mention of Luchi Gonzalez being on the radar, uh, which means we won't see a permanent signing until after the World Cup. Um, but I think it might be a bit of a stretch to try to pull him away from the national team, uh, especially if we could, you know, perform as as well as we should in going into this into this cup. But uh, kind of fits with the the words coming out. Chris Leach, the GM, says he's looking to not a quick hire, but the right hire. So that could be setting up the fact that if they want Lucci, uh, giving them wiggle room to wait on that. Yeah, and bringing in anybody as a permanent hire midseason, it, it seems a bit, that would definitely be a bit rushed. Even if you do find the right guy, you're not going to, there, there's not as much you can do with a team that's already practiced together, already, you know, full in midseason form. You can't really try to change too much in the middle of the season without causing potentially even more dire consequences than just not changing at all. Especially coming from a man-marking system. Uh, Jesse Marsh has done well taking over for Bielsa and Leeds, but that high-press system that he does is not that much different than the energy driven by the man-marking system. But yeah, a full-time coach coming in with Almeida's players to play his system is just a rough just a rough go. Probably really hard to find somebody who really wants to take on the project. Uh so so early and I have a whole season to go as well. Oh yeah. The better the better choice is to wait it wait it out to the end of the season while you search for the right guy and give him a full off season to work with players in a full transfer window and also preseason to get everything figured out and get the ducks in a row for next year. And the story is that the Quakes hired Almeida and paid him a lot of money. So much money, he could not have been bought down with Tam if he was a player. And then kind of bought the, not really didn't invest in the players, did bring, did invest quite a bit, but not as much as you'd expect the players that he needs. Uh, This season's just been Almeida playing games. Uh, But before that, he was exciting in the league for good and bad. The bad crazy quakes were always doing something. They were, had to be watched there for about two, three, Two and a half years, uh, but his time is is done. Well, moving along from bottom of the league to top of the league, uh, LAFC comes back in big fashion and earns a very well-deserved win. They were 
definitely the better looking team in that game against KC. Uh, they are absolutely deserving of their top spot right now. A um, little bit of news on them as well. Rossi has signed full time at Fenerbach. So that opens up a DP slot for them. And it looks like their chokehold on the Western Conference could get even more dominant and more threatening as as the season goes on, especially if they can get a nice midseason transfer to really solidify and add a lot of significant depth there. And uh, kudos to Steve Chirundolo. He's done an excellent job so far as the head coach. Uh, picking up uh, Raheem Edwards was a coup. A couple of good signings there uh, under the radar, but solid players. Uh, they look good. They look very good so far. Big question is Vela's contract's up mid-season. Big question's over what's going to happen then. But they have an extra DP. That would open up too. The way this team attacks right now, even without Vela having two DPs they could bring in. Wow. And the money to get somebody. Watch out for them. In this game alone, this at the game winner from Tajori Shradi was nutso. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the over his shoulder watches it, lets it bounce, and before it bounces again, just takes it off of the bounce and just puts a laser in the upper left-hand corner. That's got to be your goal of the week right there. Yeah, easy. Moving a little further along, we're going to head down south. Uh, Austin FC also has a huge comeback win and a very statement game for them coming back against DC United. Um, so now we have now we know that they can close out games we know they can play in tough games in tough environments now we know they can come back as well and honestly they're almost they're almost as hot as LAFC this season to start off with and I just have to say Viva Los Verdes way to go guys what a turnaround Drusi's uh big pickup came in late slow getting started last year didn't really get to see him now he's playing that's a big deal for them uh made some changes from the original build. A few tightened up on defense, but they just getting accustomed. Uh, always had a good smell that they had something going, even when they didn't get results last year, that they were did their expansion. Okay, they were on a good track, and it appears as if that is the case. Also, we found out DC United can't hold on. They had the 2-0 lead and fell apart late in this game. Uh, not a good look for DC United in this one. Looks yeah. like they may be but missing I mean, the absence. They might be missing the absence of Paul Ariel a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you want to talk about like expansion team heroics. Austin FC's third overall. Yeah. They set themselves up solidly for the first year to get through it. Long road trip. Didn't expect much. They're looking okay right now. Moving along to another little bit of a of a comeback, not necessarily in the game, but in the season. Looks like Tati has finally returned to form on the MLS score sheet with an absolute monster effort of four goals on route to a route of RSL. And I think now that they don't have to worry about Champions League, you can see NF NYCFC going full tilt for the rest of the year. I, I think they're going to climb right back up those standings. And this this was a very, very statement win for them to say, hey, now we're now we're we're focused, we're dialed in, look out. And RSL does not look good so far. No, they do not. Bad news coming out of Atlanta left and right, isn't there? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, uh, we learned over the over the weekend that uh, Brad Guzan is now down and out with an Achilles injury, and it looks like they're going to have to count on Bobby Shuttleworth to take over 
and, and backstop this team. But with the amount of injuries that they've been absolutely plagued by this year, I'm I'm not sure how much they can act, they can how much longer they can hold on with as many as many guys as they have out at the moment. Guzan hasn't been that good this year, but the last few years he's been quite good, and he's an absolute leader of that team. You got Martinez out; he's out, losing a lot of leadership for a team that's kind of flaky behind them all. Uh, word is came in that. Uh, they're out scouting Matthew Hoppy to look at bringing him into the attack as well at Mallorca, where he's not playing ahead uh, of the World Cup. Might be a good move for Matthew Hoppy uh, to get some playing time coming back and playing for a good team with a lot of talent around him. Probably a lot more talent than he's seeing at Mallorca over in uh, Spain. So we'll see yeah. how that develops. And Atlanta certainly needs something to break for them because it's just nothing's going their way. <laughs> yeah, it really seems after that first week or two, they've just tumbled down the standings and uh, have, have not been able to hold on too, too well. And when they do win, they win in the 94th minute or the 96th minute. Real nail-biter wins. They got talent, but they haven't jailed, and they're not getting a chance to play together and jail that talent. So they just kind of... Uh, a mess when you watch them play you see what they should be doing and they're not doing what they should be doing thank goodness they got rid of barca he'd have made it even worse One, a couple last hits here real quick um orlando seems to be putting together a good season after they knock off the crew with a 2-0 win um the crew have been hot as of late but they just couldn't do it against orlando and it seems like orlando might actually be putting something together at least one Florida team is. Inter-Miami's won two in a row. Really? Yeah. Well, they played Seattle when Seattle rotated 10 guys out. Okay. <laughs> uh, and did play better, uh, especially defensively when the Calvary came in late in the game, held them off. So that's two in a row wins for Inter-Miami. Any wins for the Chicago Fire this season? As far as total, they have, I think, two Okay. How many draws do they have? <laughs> yeah, they're two, four, four and one. <laughs> and all of those draws are nil-nils. Well, yeah. if, if, it says no, if it says nothing else about them, if they're not scoring, neither are you. So sometimes, hey. you can, sometimes you can really sneak into a high place in the standings by getting ties instead of losses. Exhibit A, look at the last SC. few years. Yep. Look at the last few years. Ezra Hendrickson's come in and really tightened up the defense. They just made stupid mistakes and really cost them a lot, a lot of points. And they're not giving up those points this year. Good goalkeeping helps, but a, the goalkeeper can't keep out all shots. Your defense has to be tight in front of them for them to really look good on the stat sheet. And that's what's happening in Chicago. Yeah, this is this is still a big improvement for Chicago, but they got to start converting some of these if they want a real shot at anything. Yeah, and now Shakiri's been out for two games. That doesn't help a putrid attack as it is mm -hmm. they're not fun to watch one last note we have no more undefeated teams as philly finally falls but we do still have one winless team and it's the aforementioned it earthquakes <laughs> in case you hadn't noticed <laughs> they need the new manager bounce something fierce got a feeling they'll get it eventually especially considering some of the draws that they pulled out after being down by two or three goals and coming back and getting draws, there's a chance for them to win. 
That's uh, I can't think of anything else we've missed that uh, stood out in MLS this last week. No. <laughs> Exciting things happening in Major League Soccer. <laughs> Nothing real controversial that pops out in my mind. Almeida is the big news, but the exciting thing that happened in MLS actually happened in the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, as Seattle uh, went to Red Bull Arena to take on NYCFC in the second leg, Seattle won the first one 3-1. Then in the first half, they evened up that away goal. Very important. Looked like they were going to cruise. It wasn't a cruise. NYCFC woke up, started attacking like mad, and Stefan Fry just stood on his head and just stopped them again and again and again. Yeah. Sometimes just by standing in the right spot. But uh, Seattle held on. They ended up winning comfortably on the aggregate to advance to the final. They were going to take on Pumas, who got a nil-nil draw against Cruz Azul to win their matchup on aggregate. And that sets up your final. It also sets up the fact that Seattle had the best record in CONCACAF Champions League, so they get to host the second leg of the final. Never happened before for an MLS club. Uh, actually, right now, the talk is that Seattle is the favorite on both sides of the border. That's not happened before either. A lot of pressure on Seattle here. Uh, they've shown that they've got the talent. They've got the depth of talent. They've got the know-how. They've got the toughness uh, to prevail. But it's really going to show uh, coming up a week from uh, tomorrow, a week from Wednesday, April 27th, when they have to go to Estadio Olimpico in Mexico City uh, to play at Pumas in that first leg. They need to get an away goal, and they need to keep Pumas' score lower. Uh, 2-1 loss would be fine. Uh Optimal, get the win, come home, come to Lumen Field. Uh, it's not at the Azteca in Mexico City, but um, Estadio Olimpico is a large field as well. Puma sells it out. Uh, Lumen Field, Seattle's talking about opening up the upper tier at their stadium. For like the Seahawks configuration? Yeah. So this could be the best, the biggest attendance ever in a CCL champion of Champions League final as well. Something to look forward to. This is absolutely, even above Toronto, the best opportunity for MLS to win CCL. So there's a lot of pressure on Seattle. They're favorites now. Yeah, but if I had to pick anybody in this league to be a, to be the favorite and come up big at a moment like this, it, it'd be Seattle. As much as I hate to yeah. say it, it'd be Seattle. Mm -hmm. They've been there. They've done it. They've got talent. They got talent on the bench. They got veterans. They got rookies. Uh, it's the Death Star. Yeah, uh, they can't. We're not. They're not facing the huge clubs. You know, Tigris, Club America. Uh, a lot of the bigger clubs just aren't there. Now, Monterrey, uh, they're not there for uh, Liga MX in this year's CCL. It all sets up. For the ultimate in disappointment in CCL. <laughs> but I'll be watching, see what happens. Yeah. Uh, remember, Toronto laid an, laid an egg in their first uh, game at home against Chivas, then beat Chivas in the second leg to force it into the draw and then lost in penalties to stop them from winning a, uh, the triple, the treble cups that year 
And that was absolutely the closest they've been. LAFC was pretty close a couple of years back, having a lead late past the 70th minute, but they couldn't hold on. So it all comes down that first leg. Seattle holds their own like we expect they can hold their own, and they've showed it. They got a real chance of bringing it home. They're just hanging around in uh, MLS uh, right now, focusing on this as well they should. Yeah, and uh, and I'll I'll cop to uh, to sleeping on Pumas. Um, I thought that that was going to be Cruz Azul there, but um, <laughs> yeah, Pumas are no slouch either. Yeah, Cruz Azul just didn't play that well, and actually Pumas hasn't played that well in the tournament. Uh, Seattle or uh, NYCFC were the better teams, basically going into the semifinal throughout the entirety of the tournament and probably have better roster depth as well. Well, that's hard to say. The Mexican teams can spend as much on their bench as they can on their first team. MLS can't do that. MLS can't do that. So we'll see. As uh, Andrew Wiebe on Extra Time Radio always says, the free space is disappointment, and that free space is still open to land on in this year's tournament, but uh, it's exciting. Probably the most excitement we've had going into the final. So looking forward to that. Any other thoughts? Uh, <laughs> I, I guess we all got a root for the Seattle Sounders, unfortunately. <laughs> I know Sean's thrilled about it. <laughs> and choose the devil you know over the one you don't. That's true. <laughs> it's good for MLS to get it done. Yeah. And uh, it was also exciting to see Seattle win um, <laughs> under the uh, the long shadow of that NYCFC champion yeah, banner. <laughs> even though they they were at uh, Red Bull Arena in New Jersey, the long shadow of that massive championship <laughs> banner in Yankee Stadium still cast a pall yeah. over the field there. <laughs> you can see it all the way from the Yankee Stadium <laughs> first baseline. From that end of the field. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What else is exciting is I'm glad to be back. Hopefully everybody's glad to have me back. I certainly am. Well, we definitely are here on the show, that's for sure. Yeah, I hope the lovely listeners are as well. And if you're not, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine anyone preferred the shows that we did on our own. <laughs> <laughs> and that seems like a good place to wrap this up. And I'm your host, Mike Turner. I'm your producer, Mason. And I'm your resident hooligan in the caves, Sean. And we are the Soccer Capital Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.